0: Coming up on the Louis Diaz podcast.
1: I don't need to be like satisfying anyone's expectations. I just need to be happy and do what makes me happy.
0: Hi, and welcome to the Louis Diaz podcast, the podcast where you'll meet some of the most fascinating and incredible people from all walks of life. And together, we're inviting you in to be our special guest as we take you through some of their amazing experiences, adventures, and journeys. So, sit back, and I hope you enjoy this episode of the Luis Diaz Podcast. Cata Castaño, welcome to the Luis Diaz Podcast. So great to have you here. You know, one of the reasons why I really wanted to have you on the podcast was because a good friend of mine, and a former guest that people might remember from episode 12, Kat Huang, said that you're a badass woman, and (laughs) I figured anyone that Kat describes as a badass woman is someone that I'd really love to have on the podcast, so welcome. Oh,
1: thank you, Louis, and thanks, Kat, for saying that about me. She has said it to me also. She's really sweet saying it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and then I obviously connected with you, and then I sort of went through all your social media, and I understood why. She described you as a badass woman because there's a lot to you. Obviously, you're very active, you're very fit, but I just want maybe you to introduce yourself and sort of talk a little bit about who you are and what you do at the moment in your life.
1: Okay, so I met Kat because we both do aerial silks, like circus stuff, some people call it that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's also a really badass woman. She's really strong and she's a really good performer. I'm really friendly too. So when she came here to Colombia with all her abilities and all her muscles and her strong body doing cool stuff in the silks, I was like, oh my gosh, she's really good. I need to, to know more about her. And that's how I met her. But, um, well, when you, Louis, told me we we're going to do this episode, you sent me some questions about it that made me think. Mm. And you asked me, how do you describe yourself? Yeah. I describe myself as a passionate learner. Yeah. I really love learning things, especially like things that involve my body, like putting my body on challenge. So, yeah, that's how I describe myself why i said that well i think i never grow up my body dead but i have an internal child inside me that always tells me to go do things that maybe some people in their adult life don't do
0: yeah yeah
1: (laughs) i was like 28 i started roller skating And I love it. Like, I love just going places and trying new things and finding different kinds of movements, climbing things. I see the world like a playground. I lived two years in United States and that's where I learned all the aerial silks and the circus stuff. I also learned how to do some handstands and acrobatics and parkour and things like that. So I was like jumping around and playing
0: around everywhere. Mm, Yeah, wow. You know, um, I love the way that you described the world just then. You see the world as like a playground. Super interesting. And I, I did go through your Instagram, I was going through it last night, and there was this one montage that you had of basically all of the different activities that you do in one of your videos, and I was like, oh wow, it really put it into perspective for me how active you are. And yeah, I think one of the, the things that got me so excited to want to talk to you is, was that idea that when you, you wrote to me in reply to my questions that, you know, you have this inner child that never left your body because we're sort of thrust into growing up, aren't we? Like none of us or well, some of us really want to grow up. Like I spoke to a, someone who's a fan of the podcast recently and we talked about this notion about growing up. And I said, you know what, I I never wanted to sort of grow up. You know, I loved being a kid. You know, I loved climbing trees. I loved doing all this stuff that I did. I loved how able I was too. Like my body could do things that it definitely can't do now. (laughs) And she was saying she wanted to grow up. She was really looking forward to growing up. And I think maybe for different reasons, because I think when you're a child, you're a bit restricted. You can't drive, for example. And so there's things to look forward to about growing up as well. But then you go to like these yoga classes or something like that, or you start to sort of venture into the world of spirituality. And then you start hearing things as an adult about your inner child you know discovering your inner child again or listening to your inner child so it's a notion that i've become a little bit more familiar with now that inner child and letting that inner child you know have a voice or be seen or let the inner child play and one of the interesting fascinating things that i learned from being in those yoga type environments i suppose you'd you'd say and by the way, I probably come across like I do a lot of yoga. I did at one point, but at the moment, I just don't have much time. But I remember my time in, in yoga classes really fondly. And they talk about, like I said, rediscovering that inner child. And I realized that, yeah, you can really lose touch with that side of yourself through, you know, just that aging process, I suppose you call it. I won't call it growing up because some of us don't grow up and some of us don't get wiser or we just get older right yeah and i think we do lose that and i think it's a beautiful thing when you discover that you know you have an inner child or like that you love to play and so yeah that's one of the things that i really loved about your write-up and your introduction of course and it's funny that you said that you took up skating at the age of 28 because i was 29 when i picked up skateboarding awesome yeah (laughs) and i had tried when i was six years old and i fell off and put a hole in my chin and had to get stitches and oh, like- I- oh no way you did too
1: i have it but i, I did it like last year uh, uh, on december
0: okay i got mine out of the way early <laughs> yeah oh there you go comparing scars by the way if you can't see us right now we're comparing scars yeah
1: i can look at look at
0: mine that's pretty good that's a nice scar.
1: I have a lot, but all of them have a story oh, to tell. Oh, that's, so what that's what I love. Honestly,
0: that's what I love about scars. It's like, yeah, yes, they're unattractive, I suppose you could say, aesthetically. <laughs> but generally, you've got a pretty good story behind each one, hopefully, anyway. Yeah. But yeah, there's that notion of that inner child. And the other thing about it is that being a lifelong learner, something I could also really relate to because I feel like maybe not as much with my body, although I do love learning about my body and its capabilities for sure, especially when, like I, I said earlier, like I come back to like an activity that I used to do when I was younger and I can't do that anymore. But I really love learning about the brain and the mind and how that works. So yeah, something else I could really relate to. But talk to me about your process then. Do you look at something and go, I love the idea of that. Like, what do I need to do with my body to get to do that? <laughs> well,
1: before that, I want to reply something about this old inner child and yoga. Let the inner child out. I think when you're an adult, you kind of think a lot about things after taking decisions. And when you're a child, you don't is like just just happens. You just go run because you wanna run or you just go and try something new because you wanna feel what that feels in your body. So I think that's what happens with me. I don't think that much about doing things. It's just like just let's do it and let's see what happens. I don't care if I'm good, if I fall because I know so Sometimes I can fall, sometimes that might hurt my body, but I really wanna try it because that's something that I haven't done it, and I wanna have this feeling in my body. When you're a child and when you're discovering the world, you want that feeling in your body. Mm-hmm. So that's what happens with me. I'm just looking for new feelings for my body all the time. And I'm also looking to see what my body is able to do. I love that. Yeah, I love routine. Like I like to have a, a, a daily routine. Sometimes I do things to... Keep my body in shape to have the ability to do the other things that I like. So to do that, I do CrossFit because that keeps my body in the shape that I want and that I need yeah, to right. do the other things that I like. Yeah. Because these kind of sports that I do sometimes are hard with my body and I need to have the muscles <laughs> to do it. Because aerial silks are really hard, but beautiful. You feel beautiful. Like you're leaving all your emotions there is like art, but also you need to work with your muscles. So it's like a combination of two things that I really like. That's why I have been consistent with this sport. Mm. And when I skate, I feel like I can go anywhere and I'm super free and I just enjoy like the wind in my face is just like a really good feeling. Like I don't have to worry about anything else. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. I do love that. I, I think there's so much that you talk about there that's about mindfulness isn't it
1: i think it's another kind of mindfulness yeah
0: let's talk about my
1: it's like a mindfulness but with your body like you you're feeling going inside you to the outside
0: Mm, yeah yeah it's true because i've felt this before and i've talked to other skaters about it when i was learning how to skate we were talking about the same thing just like nothing else matters like just you on yeah, the
1: board. You're in the present. Mm. And I think sometimes adult life makes you forget about living in the present. And that's what really matters.
0: Yes. Yeah. Oh, so good. I love that because it's bringing me back. You're bringing me back to those feelings. Just trying, I'm just, uh, yeah, remembering what it was like to be on the board. I don't skate much lately, but I want to get. It's back. really cool. Yeah, I want to get back into it. It's, do it. It's, well, yeah, it's one. It's like you. It's like you said. It's and it becomes addictive, right? It, this feeling yeah. becomes addictive. It, so yeah,
1: that, that's what happens with that kind of sports. Like you have so many goals to work to be able to do one thing. Yes. You have to go to a process that is like. Maybe Sometimes it's a long process. Sometimes you're really good at it. Sometimes it's easy, but that same movement, Mm -hmm. sometimes it's really hard. So you have to keep doing it and doing it and doing it. And you have always another, you're always finding another level to scale.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. It's funny that you mentioned that actually, because it reminds me of something that Kat said when (laughs) in our chat about there's always another thing to achieve there's always another level to get to and that that is good for some people because it can keep them engaged in a, in an activity whereas you know maybe other activities or other types of sports you, you get good and that's it there's no other level something like that but yeah i really love that notion of i guess mindfulness like the inner child and sort of going back to what you were saying before about yeah what is it about being a child that makes it being a child and and it's and it's exactly what you described it was like you don't think so much about the risks because you just take them yeah you just take them <laughs> and you're capable as well like i remember yep. i remember when i was like maybe 10 12 whatever like i was very very my mom used to call me like a monkey because i could just climb <laughs> to the top of a tree like really easily like
1: i used boom, to boom, do that boom. too
0: yeah <laughs> Yeah. That was really cool. And now I look, I, if I went to the same trees, I'd be like, "Oh, that first branch is going to be a, it's going to be a problem." You don't do that. I'm sure you don't. It's not like for you, but for me, it's like <laughs> I just can't do what I used to do anymore. And part of it is my physical capabilities have changed, and the other part of it is the fear. Like, oh, shh, you know, I have health insurance now. <laughs> I did, I did. <laughs> you know, I'm a good adult That's- that pays for health insurance. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoying the episode so far? Be sure to follow us and leave us a review on whichever podcast platform you're listening on. Thanks and enjoy the rest of the episode. <sighs> so,
1: yeah, but yeah, I I think I mean I have fears. Uh I feel scared sometimes. I sometimes I don't want to do things, but I take the risk. Like I'm scared, but I, I I want to do it because I want to feel what that feels and I want to see if I'm able to do it, if my body is capable of doing that. And if I'm not, I want to try to do it one more time and one more time mm. until I can do it because it looks really cool. So I want to be cool.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, you definitely look cool when you're doing the stuff that you do. Jeez. <laughs> like, if your goal has been to hit cool, you've done that already. That's been achieved. Well, that I,
1: I don't think that's my goal.
0: <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> because you've hit that one. But, you need a new goal. You need a better one. But yeah, I get it. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. I want a,
1: bit. I want a harder one. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, for sure. I um Yeah, I, I just yeah. Going back to that, I, I really love that idea of. It's so interesting, and I love that we're exploring this and we're talking about this, actually. Um, because I guess there's so much we could talk about, but now you've really made me think and try and get in touch with that whole inner child thing, and then realizing that this is a big issue for a lot of people. And the way that you described yourself was that you know you've you've got this adventure spirit, and you think you're you're internal child never left your body. That's the way that you phrased it. And I find that super interesting because it says to me that maybe you have always just been like this, like your childhood into teenage years, into your early adulthood and beyond, right? Not that you look that old. But then for some people, like for me, for example, I suppose there was an element of me when I started skateboarding again at 29 that felt like I was trying to reclaim and in a child that I had lost and it that wasn't my purpose but I could feel something inside me awakening that I feel like had maybe died a little bit you know in previous uh-huh. years and I loved that rediscovery process it was just so beautiful it's so beautiful to get in touch with a side of you that feels free again yeah and then Thinking about like the whole inner child thing, I mean, and I was having a discussion with someone on Friday morning. I was chatting with someone and I was even talking to my most recent guest, Martin Grohovski, Bulgarian filmmaker. We were talking about basically with, with Martin, for example, he makes films, he makes documentaries. And his first documentary that he made was a, one that he made when he was 16 to tell people back in North America what Bulgaria was like for the summer. So he decided instead of writing them a letter or telling them about it, he made a film about it. And I was telling Martin that I feel like his current documentaries still have that feel all these years later. Like he hasn't lost that 16-year-old that, you know, was telling those summer stories. And when I think about like creative process or trying to find happiness again, one of the things that I have just sort of come to appreciate is like, what were you doing when you were a kid? Just go back to that. You know, you'll find the answers. That'll be maybe the start, but the answers will reveal themselves on how you find happiness. If you just remember what you used to do when you were a child and go back to that, was it painting? Was it running? Was it climbing trees? Uh, and I'm like, oh wow, that's super powerful because that that has worked for me. Just going, what did I used to love doing? Just do that, and it's like, yeah, I feel great again. I feel alive again. I feel good again.
1: That's beautiful.
0: Yeah. And yeah. so, so that.
1: It's a really good time in, in our life.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: But we, we need to look more for those days.
0: And I don't think it has to end the way it does. It ends so abruptly, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, it, it doesn't have to end. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I think there's, obviously, there's responsibilities. And then, you know, the path into adulthood is, is a beautiful path itself. You know, it's filled with so yeah. much turmoil as well, like becoming an adult you have to go through this teenage rite of passage and in that you're kind of killing the inner child that that innocent side of yourself so there's a death there's a death of the child that sort of happens through the teenage years and then the adult you is in the world and i think honestly (laughs) a lot of adults are really boring sorry to say that
1: yeah yeah, that's true (laughs) like Some people don't do what makes them feel alive they just do what they need to do to keep living Mm. but not living uh the life that they want to live just the life that they need to live and you know what when you were saying all this about the teenage life and everything I think that that was part of my life when my inner child was like not all out because I wasn't like this like my whole life. But when I went to live in the United States, that was when my inner child was like, I need to get out of here. (laughs) And that was when I started to do aerial silks. And the circus thing that I have there, mm-hmm. uh, I was learning a lot about circus. And that was when I said, like, I don't need to be like satisfying anyone's expectations. I just need to be happy and do what makes me happy. I'm the most important person in my life. So I just need to make me happy. I don't need to make anyone else happy. And that was when I started to
0: do all the
1: aerial circus and like just thinking about me and what makes me feel alive. Yeah.
0: Okay. Okay. So there was a point in your life too where you lost touch with that inner child.
1: Yeah. Teenage life is really hard for everyone.
0: Yeah, for sure. (laughs) So,
1: yeah, in that part of my life, I was like discovering myself. I will say that when living there in the United States and doing all the circus and meeting people and being independent, that changed me.
0: Mm. Yeah, I'll touch on that independent notion in a minute. But I feel like we've been using the words in a child a lot, I suppose. (laughs) And let's just stick with it because it's working for us. But I also feel (laughs) like maybe if I was listening to this, the inner child, if I was completely out of touch with that side of myself, it would feel very abstract. And I guess we've done our best to describe, you know, that the inner child is just the playful one that takes risks and doesn't care what people think and doesn't think about hurting themselves and just goes for things and does the things that makes them happy. Yeah. But yeah, I want to sort of, then touch on that. So you're kind of similar to me then. Like at some point, you sort of realized that something needed to come out. Like you were holding back. And so what was your life like before? Had you ever done anything circusy?
1: Not circusy, but all my life I like sports. But when I was in school, I needed to find like a class that I wanted to focus on. And they were a lot of, uh, they were like electrics and mechanics and administration and also sports.
0: Right, okay.
1: And I should choose sports, but I didn't. Mm-hmm. I chose administration because that was like what people should choose to be a good adult. So that's what I choose. And maybe that was not my smartest move, <laughs> but I did it. Mm. So yeah, I was like, just finding myself also doing sports because i like them but not like in the way that i want them just like having my friends trying to meet more boys <laughs> yeah that was a teenager trying to find what she wanted to do in mm-hmm. her life
0: yeah yeah of course it makes sense you're going through these phases, and you're discovering all these things, and then, like you say, you decided to choose the thing that you felt was the right was yeah. the, the right thing to choose through some notion of responsibility, some idea. Yeah, like
1: what my parents, what the society will approve. Yeah, but that was that was not what my heart wanted, and it was until I went to the United States and. I don't have family there i don't have anyone there so i was like uh, i'm just gonna satisfy myself Mm. i'm i'm just gonna find myself
0: okay yeah i find like i find that notion super interesting as well so you think that there's a certain part of like colombian society or maybe bogota specifically if that's where you grew up
1: (laughs) yeah that that's a cultural colombian thing right
0: i don't think it's just colombia i think it's actually a global thing if i'm honest or yeah, maybe more, maybe more a Western world, or poof, no, the East is really is really like that as well. They really push <laughs> their their kids into adulthood and responsibility as well. They can, so yeah, I'll call it a global thing, right? It's a yeah, I think it's global. Yeah, it's so interesting. So we look at our friends and our neighbours and our families, and sometimes they actually put pressure on us and tell us. You know, we want you to do this. This is the right thing to do. Sometimes it's just the idea of things. I, I, My daughter at the moment is going probably through this the same exact thing at the moment. Actually, she's just about to turn 15 and she, yeah, she called me up the other day and she's like, oh, I've got to go to school and I've got to present two career choices to the career counselor there. And I was like, what? And I, uh, I was like, do you have any idea what you want to do? And she's like, No. And I said, well, just go to the career counselor and tell them that you have no idea what you want to do and that that's perfectly okay. Um, yeah, Because yeah, I guess using her as an example, I can see how, because I forget it was so long ago for me being that age, I guess, that <laughs> I forget that we do feel this pressure from society and maybe it's present. Like, actually present and maybe it's subconscious that we need to make certain decisions to fit into the adult mold and now look you and I have already said uh, most adults are really boring so yeah like
1: why why we think like that and I think if I haven't go out of my country I will never find that like I will keep trying to satisfy other people's
0: needs Mm, yeah that's that's a big one that's a whole other topic in itself isn't it but it's so true. Like we, we make decisions sometimes to please other people and not ourselves. And that's what I love about your yeah. story is that you talk about making you happy and discovering those things that makes you happy. So important. Honestly, you could be listening to this right now and just go, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. oh, that sounds nice. But really, like to put it into practice, like to break the shackles of pleasing other people and to just go and please yourself, that's so liberating in life.
1: And what I think you need to do to start doing that is finding yourself being alone. Like you need to alone. be just with yourself. Yeah, uh-huh. just be with yourself to find what you want to do, what makes you happy. Because if you have like other people around, you're like kind of distracted. It's like something that you cannot control. And I think you, you need to be kind of alone. Yeah, like I was in another country, mm-hmm. kind of because I knew the people where I was staying and things yeah. like that. But I was mostly alone and that's where I find what made me happy, what what I wanted to do, what I wanted to add to my life.
0: You know, the, 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 I love that idea of that actually because it, I have all of these episodes of my podcast now flashing back to me, you know, sort of almost hearing a similar thing. For example, it was my first episode with um, Lewis Haskins where he talked about um, having studied to be a teacher here and then having money saved up for a mortgage and then, obviously, that linear path of life, going to do your career, buy your house, start your family, yeah. all of that. But then it wasn't until he had a trip to Tanzania where he saw things and then he decided to completely change his trajectory and become a filmmaker. You know, and I think that process that you're talking about in your own experience about going to the United States and feeling liberated from these structural like society expectations of you um, is actually really common more common than I than I even thought and yeah it's such an important thing to do to get out of your physical environment especially because you might not realize that your physical environment your immediate community might be the ones that are holding you back whether it's consciously yeah. or subconsciously like it's in your head maybe because yeah. for example you might come back from you know that time away where you've discovered yourself and you've reignited your inner child you might come back home and be doing all these different things and people might not even have a problem with it but then on the other yeah. hand they might they be- don't yeah <laughs> See. yeah so it's it's really mental i guess is what i'm trying to say it it is mental. not for everyone <laughs> Not for everyone. For some people, like, Mm. the pressure's there. Yeah. And I think Kat, for example, is an interesting story there because, like, you know, obviously her parents, um, if you heard our episode, you know, her parents were really trying to push her into becoming a doctor or a lawyer, as she said. So, you know, we can have that pressure, which explains why some people move to the other side of the world to get away from their parents.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That was not what I was trying to do. Yeah i knew things like i I found things that i wasn't looking for Mm. was beautiful
0: yeah yeah for sure and then obviously the roller skating came in at some point but yeah it's funny that you that you say that and then also what i just remembered that i wanted to touch on was that you know i kind of feel and i hear this a lot and it's definitely true that latin american culture is is very patriarchal and so you know, as a woman, I can imagine, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but I can imagine in a patriarchal society that there's also that added pressure of feeling like you need to just do what you're told or be responsible. Or you might feel like in a patriarchal society that it's you have less freedom to make choices that are related to your happiness.
1: Well, that has that changed a lot. It's not like all days. Mm-hmm. But yeah, sometimes is maybe just in our heads mm. that we think we need to not find our happiness, but find other people happiness, mm. like build a family and find their happiness. Mm. And our happiness should be the last thing, but mm. it's not like that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm glad that you said that it feels for you like that sort of whole patriarchal side of it is the old days, because I see it come up a bit, you know, now for people that sort of a traveling through South America, for example. One of the things that, one of the beautiful things that um, Lucy Barnard recently said to me actually was that she does touch on like South America being generally quite patriarchal. But then she also said that when she goes into towns and she tells these people that she's doing this incredible hike from basically the tip of Argentina to the tip of Alaska, she's hiking all the way from, from South to oh. North. Yeah. And she said that when she goes into the towns and tells people what she's doing, she said, it's especially the men that say to her, wow, incredible. Yes, of course you can do it. And um, I really love that. I really love that these notions of Latin culture being highly patriarchal, they're starting to break down and that you don't like, obviously you from there living there, um, you don't feel that as strongly anymore as maybe women once did. It's really great to hear. Yeah. But well
1: out what we were saying before i remember a story yeah <laughs> i think one of the greatest trips that i have was when i travel alone i have done it once and it was to a city here that is called santa marta it's like in the coast with the beach and it's really it's a place where you can rest but it's a place also where you can find a lot of adventure and i was there i didn't know what other what i find there and uh, it was really cool uh, i took my roller skates and i climbed kind of a mountain i went to taganga it's called the the place that i went in my skates and it was a really good experience because i was there just looking things that make me happy yeah. and i met a lot of people but uh I didn't need to ask anyone to oh what do you want to do now Oh, let's do this tomorrow I, I was just like ah oh, tomorrow I'm going to do this <laughs> and I did it and it was really cool mm. and it was like a lot of adventure there so that was really cool I was jumping in these like drops mm. that are like in the trees mm-hmm. and you go jump to the the sea <laughs> Uh, that was really cool. I was surfing. I was like like yeah, was a really good experience.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I'm just looking at images of Santa Marta now and it does look like, you know, not only like a beautiful holiday destination, but it does look adventurous. I can see the mountain. I kind of it has this kind of tiki feel about it like with little huts and things that I can see as yeah. well. What a pl- I
1: have a bit in my Instagram about that trip.
0: Yeah, so it was like sort of that traveling on your own, where you sort of felt like really liberated. Yeah, and I think you know to touch on that, you know, we do rush into adulthood in ways like and being in getting into relationships is really one of those hallmarks of adulthood, right? A lot of people when they become adults get the job, study something, maybe start a job, start the career or whatever that might look like and find a partner, girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever it is. And um, yeah, I think we we tend to rush into that. Like I know I certainly did, as I said. Well,
1: yeah, I mean, I have a career and I work as a normal person. I work in a university in communications, but I'm also (laughs) in the side finding new things to do, new things to learn for hobby. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's important to say like that you, yes, you definitely still have a life that is of responsibility that you have. But I guess touching on that whole idea of getting into adulthood quickly, I think the whole thing about you just saying that you feel like you're most free to discover yourself and the things that make you happy when you're alone. I think that a lot of people can forego that completely when they find a partner and they feel like they need to do things together.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, partner is a a big deal. Mm. (laughs) Like. It is, yeah. I think Some people find a partner to not being alone because they don't feel that good with themselves. Like, I feel really good just being with me. I I enjoy my company. So for me, it's not that easy to find a partner because I feel complete. Some people don't feel complete. And that's when they start to find a partner early, maybe, in their lives. But because I feel really good with... With my life and with my company, I enjoy being alone also. So if right now I'm not with anyone, but maybe in the future, if I'm with someone, it has to be because I really enjoy their company, not because I need them to complete something in my life because my life is already complete.
0: I love the way that you put that because like you didn't pull any punches there. For real, that's a thing that for a lot of people even listening right now, I can imagine thinking about current relationships or past relationships, thinking, oh, yeah, is this relationship serving me? Why am I here? Am I happy with myself? Those are really hard questions to ask yourself and hard things to really reflect on.
1: Yeah, like that's the thing that you need to do first. You first need to be happy with yourself before being happy with anyone else. Because if you're not happy with yourself, you cannot be happy with anyone else.
0: Yeah, 100% agree with that. <laughs> you know, and, and that's through like living the experience. Realizing that maybe at times I wasn't most happy with myself. And maybe I've, I'm still not, but I'm discovering it. It's a process. And I understand that by being on my own and not having a partner at the moment, that allows me the opportunity to discover that what most makes me most happy. It gives it the space. Yeah, it's so important, so so important, so underestimated. Because it's like yeah. we were talking about this adulthood, this rite of passage, and I feel like for like it's such a hallmark of adulthood: finish school, get a job, find a partner, settle down, exact in that exact order. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> and, and obviously, finding a partner is a key pillar of that, right? But what they don't tell you is that if you haven't found yourself, you might never find yourself or you might lose yourself completely in the process of that togetherness of creating that bond. And I think it takes a lot of courage to realize that. And I'm like, I'm kind of just sitting here thinking, wow, i am like got little goosebumps when you said, I love my own company, because how many (laughs) of us can actually say that? And here you are. It's like. What this person loves their own company. I don't even think about that, but I realized that I kind of do too. Yeah, and it's very selfish, and
1: it's it is, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and it's it's okay because the first thing you think is, yeah, it's it. Hang, that's so selfish. But also, hang on, there's actually nothing wrong with that. There is nothing wrong with being selfish from time to time, not all the time. Yeah, of course.
1: Yep. I love people. I'm also really friendly and I have a lot of friends and I'm, I'm a good friend also. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't want the audience to think that I'm a selfish person. Mm-hmm. But I think you are your priority. You, you're first than anyone else.
0: Yeah, I feel like this is turning into a therapy session.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: But yeah, I mean, yeah, I love that whole idea of that. Because you talked about being independent and what that meant to you. And that can be really misconstrued. You can read someone say, oh, I love being independent. And there's so many ways that you can take that. I think some people, their idea of independence comes from a place of being jaded from a relationship where they felt maybe oppressed. And yeah. independence is there like, fuck you to the world or something like that. Or like, <laughs> I'm independent, you know, like, uh look at me but it's not really like that at all with you with you it's an appreciation for the gifts that you can bring into your own life experience through the process of discovering your alone time and what you're capable of
1: yeah it's more like learning about yourself Mm. what you like about what you're able to do that's beautiful i think finding yourself is a really cool thing to do
0: Mm. And so, look, What I mean, and obviously we've touched on a lot of things that you've learned about yourself, but what, what are you learning about yourself right now? And if not yourself, what are you learning about the world? What's the most important thing on your mind at the moment?
1: Uh, oh, wow. That's a hard one. <laughs> what Sorry. I'm learning about myself. Well, right now I'm learning that I'm scared about things mm. and that is fine to not have all the abilities that you want to. Right now I'm learning how to ride a motorcycle and it's been a difficult time (laughs) because it's not not that easy. And like I have learned to control myself, my body, but to control another thing is hard. So I'm learning that I need to take the risk but also be patient with it. Mm. Like it's okay if I'm not really good at the beginning and I I have to be patient, and I have to just do it and take the time that I need to really learn what I want to learn.
0: Mm, Yeah, that things take time, especially things that are out of our comfort zone.
1: Yes, yeah.
0: Yeah, I think I wanted to share something with you, actually. I wrote down while I was reading your notes, if they were to cast a Colombian Wonder Woman, it might be Gata. That's what I wrote. (laughs) Oh, it. (laughs) And then... And then I thought, oh, of course she's learning to ride a motorbike. (laughs) And I think the reason that I wrote that is because, you know, when I see photos of you, you feel very empowered. And then you see the photos of you, like, twisting around through silks and (laughs) – then that montage that I mentioned earlier of you, like rock climbing and doing all of these activities, bungee jumping, all of this stuff. And you just think, okay, you're almost like a stunt woman in a way. Um, Yeah, it's pretty impressive. It's pretty impressive. And I think you'd be a really great role model for a lot of girls out there that, you know, might feel limited, but not only girls, I think boys do as well. I think boys feel like potentially can feel limited, especially these days because people growing up with so much technology in their lives and less outdoorsy experiences that they feel potentially quite limited in what their body's capable of doing. And I think like here you are well into adulthood proving that our bodies are capable of such like amazing things and that th- that those things that we can do with our body can really enrich our lives. That's that's what I wanted to say.
1: Oh, that was beautiful. <laughs> I love it.
0: If you haven't already, find us on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, or TikTok, where you can catch additional content and grace us with your thoughts. Thanks again, and enjoy the rest of the episode.
1: Sometimes I find myself with other people telling me that I have inspired them, and that's beautiful. Like I love when people say that because I wasn't looking for that. I wasn't looking to inspire anyone else, but. Just like being myself and enjoying my life have inspired other people. And I feel really good when other people say that they have inspiration about what what I do. It's just like having hobbies. is the only thing that I do like having hobbies um, enjoying them
0: yeah I think that's that's really great but you know kind of what that reminds me of as well is that yeah it's amazing that you're inspiring other people and that it takes for them to come up come to us and tell us that for us to realize that our actions actually not only can enrich our lives but can show someone else how to enrich theirs too that's something that we forget in our process because our process is so self, self-centric. self It's a self-centric process to go out and discover the things that really make us happy and really bring us joy. And we don't think at all once when we're in that process, like, is, is someone watching this? Can someone see this? And is it lighting a fire inside them? And I think eventually, at some point, once you've gone through your self-discovery process enough and you're fulfilled and empowered, you do realize that actually a lot of us have a responsibility within our community to realize that we're passing on a baton, for example, like in a relay race, you know, like, hey, this is how I discovered my process and this might be how you can discover yours too. Yeah. That it's not actually, in the end, it's not really a selfish thing that it can be such a great thing for our communities to be able to share that and acknowledge that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and sometimes I think some people, like, force themselves to inspire others, Mm -hmm. but they don't enjoy it. Like, they just want it for other reasons. No, because Mm -hmm. they, like, enjoy what they are doing. They just want, like, to, I don't know what... (laughs) Mm -hmm. but yeah they're not enjoying it and I think enjoying what you do that is what inspires others yeah
0: yeah like they can see the authenticity of it yeah and they can tell when someone's not doing something authentically I suppose as well yeah Yeah, super interesting I love that I love I love this chat because obviously you gave me some notes to work with and then obviously I took my own notes like I mentioned just then but I didn't (laughs) really know where we were going to go and yes of course i've spoken to cat and she's also a badass woman but she is. but at least i know cat right i le- i know her we've spent time together yeah in, even just a short time but enough and i was like ah, oh, how do i speak to a badass colombian woman that i've never met before it's <laughs> like you know where are we going to go with this because i don't like to you know, script things out or have a running sheet of the things that I like to cover. And sometimes it works well and sometimes it doesn't. But, you know, with you really focusing on, especially early on in our conversation about the inner child thing. uh, Yeah. I really love that we did that and that we went there because it's such an important part of rediscovery, actually, that I believe should be part of everyone's life. But unfortunately, we do this whole child, teenager, adult thing and we stop kind of there and we evolve a little bit in the adult part. But I feel like we fail to rediscover. And that's one of the key things that I'm kind of becoming obsessed with, just the idea of thinking about it. Because like, it's so true. Like when I did the skateboarding, I felt things that I hadn't felt in a long time.
1: yeah. It's beautiful. You know the
0: funny thing about skate parks as well, and you would have experienced this for sure, is like you show up to the skate park as you're an adult. Obviously, you were in your late 20s. I was in my late 20s, early 30s. And you start making friends and you think, oh, that's so weird. Like, like when was the last time I just showed up somewhere with roller skates on or a skateboard and I just started making friends with random people? Well, like when i was a kid
1: yeah yeah that's true that's totally true <laughs>
0: and you're like ah oh, this is what it's like to be to be in the flow of of a natural way of living it is to be discovering your inner child and to go to a park or a place where other people are doing the same and yeah. you all just start randomly talking to each other it's funny because yeah i um <laughs> In December last year, after coming back from Europe and having sold all of my skateboards, I bought a skateboard again. And around the corner from my house, there's this little pump track, um, which is you know, you may have seen it a lot of surf skate kind of ramps. It, it's not ramps, um, it's like uh, a course, yeah yeah, 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 it's like a course, right? Goes around, yeah, like
1: goes up go and down, um, yeah, and, uh,
0: exactly. Uh, yeah, and I thought, oh, I haven't tried one of those before, I'm gonna try it out. I took my skateboard there, I tried it out, and the first first day i was there there was this dad there with his son and the dad was trying to encourage his son to get on the skateboard and go around the pump track like you know good dads do and his son completely lost interest he wasn't interested at all in doing it and so what ended up happening is that i was going around the pump track and like i'm 38 right i'm going around the pump track and this guy he's late 40s and then so he just takes the skateboard and he starts going around the pump track. Eventually, we stop each other. We we start talking. We made friends, and I came home from that experience buzzing because I was like, I just went to the skate park and made a friend. How many thirty or yep. eight year olds could say that they did that? That's a like twelve year <laughs> I
1: old. <do> that. <laughs> Yeah, it's like you're saying, like when you were a child, you were just at the park running around and you find another child and you say, hi, let's play. And you never do that when you're an adult, unless you're a party or something like that. But when you do roller skating or sports like this, like aerial silks also... You go to a playground uh-huh. for adults yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you start speaking to other people about what you love, about yeah. what you have in common. What happened to me also is that I have these friends from uh, different sports like aerial silks roller skating and i have speak with them a lot of time. like we spend a lot of time together but i don't know what they do for a living i don't know what is their job i'm just interested about what we have in common like about these hobbies that we share i'm also interested about their life but we don't take the time to speak about that yeah we just take the time to enjoy the present
0: yes Yes, and that's that last thing that I completely forgot about earlier that you talked about, enjoying the present. So much about mindfulness, isn't it? Yeah. Um, Being here, being here now, and there's nothing like an activity of some sort and a group of people to bring you into the present moment. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I I really do love that. But it's so cool. It's so cool that we can do these things and we can give ourselves permission to do these things and discover these things. Yeah and not be limited by this idea of age and responsibility.
1: Yeah, that is not important.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's funny that you mentioned that because I was at a Grand Prix party earlier this year. The Melbourne Grand Prix was on and I was there with my friend Chris and this woman came up to us straight away and she said, what do you do? And what do you do? You know, like as in for a job. (laughs) And I was like, this is one of the least fascinating parts about being an adult is talking about what we do for a living. Like it's it's honestly boring. (laughs)
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: And I feel like it's very common for people to be driven down a a social construct where they talk about their careers so much. So it makes me like, it fills me with joy to hear you say that you, you know, you go roller skating with your friends and of course you're interested in them as people, but you don't talk about any of the non-skate related stuff.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I was with a friend like last week i think and he's from medellin another city here in colombia and he came here to an event i don't know how it's called like all this cosplay Uh stuff
0: yeah
1: yeah and he was here in bogotá and he told me like hey hey let's hang out Uh, and he's a friend from skating and we started to chat and i was like what do you do for a living (laughs) Like, we have met a lot of times, but I don't know what to do. And he also didn't know what, what I do for a living. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's funny, actually, because when I met my friend Chris, it took me like a couple of months to ask him what he did for a living. And I think those are yeah. the best friendships. And I remember, yeah, those times when I was at the skate park, you know, I was obviously in my 30s. I was obviously an old man. I believe I was starting to get gray hair in my beard then. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But none of the kids cared, you know, and I call them kids because they were like, you know, 15, 13, 17, you know, 20 even. They felt like kids to me, Um, (laughs) but none of them cared. They were just like, oh, what are you doing? What are you trying today? Oh, yeah, let's help you do that.
1: Yeah, that's also another thing that is beautiful about hobbies like Mm. other people help you encourage you yeah Mm. it's beautiful
0: Mm. and i know i've mentioned this a couple of times before on the podcast but the skateboarding community especially is i feel extremely welcoming and extraordinarily supportive as well yeah they don't care where you are in your journey yeah they just want to get you to where you want to be
1: yeah that's true and well, you're saying it about skateboarding community because you're in it. Yeah. But in circus, is like that. In roller skating, is like that also. And mm. I think that's the thing that I most enjoy about the hobbies that I have. Mm. Like the community is really important
0: yeah yeah super important and i mean i touch on communities a lot because i'm starting to realize through this process of having all of these discussions with so many different people from all over the world that do different things that don't know each other yeah how important community really is to us what does it mean and you know i don't want to put it this way like what do we get out of it but yeah one of the things that we can get out of it as much as we can give back is that encouragement like uplifting someone else. It's, yeah. it's like feeling uplifted by these other people, feeling supported. Yeah. And I'm just trying to think like outside of our hobbies, do we experience that much? Like I know that at times in workplaces, I have felt the opposite of that. I felt unsupported. Yeah. I felt like people see me as maybe a threat and they don't want to help me. They don't want to see me succeed. Um, yeah,
1: like everyone will be seeing their stuff.
0: Yeah. But then you go to your hobby and you're at the skate park suddenly and someone's like, oh, I'll show you a new trick, you know, or let's try that together. (laughs) Yeah. And I feel like the way that communities interact within the hobby spaces is a real blueprint for how communities can be built and how people can come together and the world can become a better place.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And when you were saying this, I was thinking about the goals of some people when they, for example, start going to the gym. They wanted to be they want to have muscles, they want to look better, but what they don't know until they go there and they fall in love with their bodies and with the exercise is that the most satisfying thing is to enjoy what they're doing.
0: Right, yeah, enjoying the process and feeling that capability. Mm, I'm just trying to reflect and get myself back (laughs) into that place. yeah because I go through phases where I work out and some phases where I don't and I think actually it wasn't until I discovered yoga that I started doing a whole different style of trying to like rediscovering my body realizing that when I went to the gym I would spend like half an hour doing these stretches and really stretching myself out maybe realizing that yoga was what I wanted all this time and yet feeling that appreciation for what my body was capable of and what it wasn't capable of as well. That's kind of what I learned. I learned what I wasn't. (laughs) Um, Especially when I was in Bikram yoga, I hated that. I hated being in that room with the heat. Um, But yeah, just seeing how some people impressively get themselves to a place where they can push through and really push the boundaries of what they're capable of. I really respect that a lot. And so... What's next for you? I'm like, where are you going with all this?
1: Well, uh, I I actually don't know. <laughs> like, that was another hard question in your questionnaire.
0: Yeah, you said something uh, about watching whales, and I was like, that's not good enough. There's nothing to do.
1: <laughs> like, I want to do that, uh, but it's just like a, take a trip and do that. Yeah. But, well, sometimes. I don't know, and things just came to my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now, I'm really excited about the journey of riding a motorcycle. Yeah,
0: that's awesome. Yeah, yeah
1: maybe go see whales in my motorcycle. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> hey,
0: do you get do you get whales there in Colombia? Do they come to the coast? Yeah. They do. We have them. Yeah, yeah. whereabouts, on the north or the or the west?
1: I mean, we have them in different places. I'm not sure if it's at the north or the west. Uh-huh. Yeah, because
0: the- I can see the Caribbean seas on the north and then I guess you've got the Pacific Ocean on the west. That's probably where the whales are, uh-huh. underneath Panama, mm-hmm. near Cali. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah,
1: Yeah, we have like uh, a place that is called Nuki, that is a good place to go that's what I hear right because I've done it
0: yeah so you can ride your motorcycle from Bogota to Nuki and... I'm
1: not sure maybe to someplace close yeah. but not until Nuki
0: <laughs> yeah what, what a great goal you actually really are inspiring um, Oh. No. yeah believe it take it um, the... I enjoy
1: your reflections too like you were you you made me think more.
0: Yeah, thanks. Yeah, no, you make me think too. Um, but yeah, I guess, you know, life can be really sad if all it is, is aging and yeah. responsibility. And I love how we both agreed that most adults are boring <laughs> earlier. because uh, I don't want to come across the, the wrong way when I say that. But it's true. And, you know, that's why so many of us go to movie theaters to watch documentaries about people that are doing like incredible things, because something inside of us says, wow, look at that. That person is doing something incredible. And what is that? Well, it's a choice that they've made to do something incredible. It's a choice that they made to be different and take risks. Yeah. And I think in your story, you've touched on all of those things. You've touched on personal choices. You've touched on risk-taking. You've touched on being present in the moment. You've touched on community. Um, you've touched on self-discovery through being alone and loving your own company. Like all of these things are just like the key pillars of a fulfilled, happy life. And a fulfilled, happy life is a successful life for me. And we haven't yep. even talked about career at all. Like, I didn't mention career in one of those. No. <laughs> and so it's like, oh, I think Kath has just helped me to understand your reflections of how, my reflections.
1: <laughs> Same way here.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's been so good. And I don't want to end this conversation at all.
1: It's hard. Yeah. hard to end conversations like this. <laughs>
0: yeah, it is. But I think... Um, you know, for our audience and for the people in our lives and your friends and family. I think they by now would have, at least if they didn't already, gotten a really great idea of the journey that you've been on over these years to discover, you know, your true self or your happiest self. And I think, for example, in Australian culture, you know, if I can touch on something, there's a real idea that a rite of passage into discovery is by going out into the world and going and seeing things. And I 100% agree that that's definitely a way. But one of the things that's becoming more and more evident to me, and especially by talking to people like you, is that when you go out into the world, it's also an amazing opportunity to go inwards and discover things about yourself as well. And that's another thing that you touched on through your trip to the United States, right? It was wasn't about going to see the Grand Canyon, you know, or the Empire State Building. It was about what you were getting out for you. I love that. And
1: I didn't know it. That was the 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 best part. Yeah. Sometimes you take risks and you don't know where you're gonna go, like what you're gonna find there. And sometimes you find most things that you were expecting or better things. Ah, oh,
0: God, yeah. You know, I love that. I love that so much because it's so true. Um, it, I love that you say that if you, when you take risks, you discover things that you didn't necessarily intend or think that you'd discover. Yeah. Really reminds me of the time when I spoke to Morgan, uh, Morgan Bryant in episode 20, that she was traveling overseas and she had this lonely planet guide and then she just closed it and put it away and just decided to... See what she found on the road without the Lonely Planet guide, and she found this like beautiful place that you know will always she'll always remember because to her it was like that symbol of like put the book away, close the expectations, the known things, and look for the unknown things. The unknown things are the most a lot of the time the most valuable things yeah. for us. But yeah, it's been amazing to talk to you. It has I finally get to know you, and. <laughs> Thank you for agreeing and coming onto to the podcast. It's been so great to have you. You've given us so much gold in our conversation, but I wondered if there's you know, any piece of advice that you might have for people before we leave.
1: I will say just like find your happiness. You're the most
0: important person
1: in your life.
0: Mm, yes, it's something that i can really resonate with and hopefully it's ringing in the ears of people right now uh, as they're listening to this so yeah kata just yeah i want to say a big thank you to you for being on the podcast and i can't wait to come to bogota and hit the skate park with you sometime
1: oh that will be amazing thank you that was a really really good chat and you're welcome here whenever you want
0: oh of course yes Uh, cats invited me before and
1: you have two invitations now
0: i have a responsibility to come to colombia really soon yeah yes i should really start (laughs) booking that trip (laughs) it's been awesome kata thank you
1: thank you (laughs) we
0: we'd love to know what you thought of that episode of the louis diaz podcast you can find us on instagram facebook youtube and even tiktok to let us know and be sure to follow subscribe and leave us a review on spotify where you can catch some of our other really great episodes thanks for listening and catch you next time